Recorded live from Crimson Cowl Comics and Collectibles in West Bend, Wisconsin, this is the Crimson Cowl Comic Club Podcast. Hello once again, dear listeners and readers. Welcome again to Crimson Cowl Comic Club Podcast. Uh, this is issue seven, I think we're on now. Um, yeah, if you've been listening for a while, normally you have Anthony introducing us. He decided that he had better things to do, like work. So, uh, so uh, no Anthony for today, at least not unless he comes in at the tail end. Um, but in the meantime, I'm David. I'm Katie. I'm Jim. I'm Kurt's dad. And uh, we, we do have a couple other people joining us today, but uh, they're just listening in, so um, no, uh, no introductions necessary for them, but it's always uh, nice to have other people listening in, and uh, others are always welcome to join us. So... Getting right to it, I suppose. Uh, we're going to jump in to our spoiler discussion. This week we'll be talking about Dark Knight's Metal number four. That is the only club pick that we had for this week. Um, if I were Anthony, I would be all prepared with all the uh, the credits going into this. Um, but it's from DC Comics, and it's uh, written and drawn and everything by several people because they've got a uh, a group of people working on the metal books. Uh, this issue is Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo as the headliners. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and we've got uh, got a few others thrown in there, too. Uh, Jonathan uh, Glapion. Uh, let's see. Uh, and, of, of course, they've got a, a big, long list here, too, so we can take up half of the podcast uh, club meeting, <laughs> reading off the uh, the credits for this one. Um, so this one picks up after, well, I got to think, because we had a month-long break in, in between, which is which a little too long. Um, I, I've got to say, what would have been nice is if they were going to take that month-long break, all that extra stuff that they had in there that Kurt's dad's been, been keeping up on, they could have maybe spread that out a little bit more to cover that month-long gap, and then we wouldn't all be sitting here going, wait, where did we leave off? Um, because what was the uh, what was the last thing? Last thing that happened in the general that? line was that the Justice League managed to escape from the traps they were in with uh, the help of uh, Cyborg, who had slipped the reins that, uh, that the Dark universe people had on him and so he allowed them all to escape um and they were they're now going back to the opening sequence in this comic is that they're going back to the tasks they were originally assigned to along the way um so wonder woman dr fate and kendra are after carter hall's uh uh, Mace, which is made of nth metal. Aquaman and De Deathstroke are going to a burial ground in Atlantis to look for a stock of nth metal there. And Green Lantern, Mr. Terrific, and the Plastic Egg <laughs> are on their way to Thangor to get their stock of nth metal. So that's what we, we know. And so now, you know, really what was weird about this issue is that, um, 
and I'm going to let other people kind of go through the, the particulars of it, was that we entered this issue with such hope. The JLA has now escaped. They're back on track. There's, and it ends in total disaster. <laughs> right. And we only got there. one issue left, so I don't know what... <laughs> I believe there are two issues, but yeah. Oh, two <laughs> issues, okay. Thank you. But, uh, yeah, and we, uh, so we pick up on some of the, the various groups, and... Uh, and then it moves in from, from those three uh, groups. Then we also have Superman and Batman who are... Making a break for it. In the yeah, they're basically making a break for it. <laughs> Things are not looking good for them when it starts off. The last issue of Metal, Superman was delivered to the dark universe where Batman had been hiding and was attached to the tower as the battery to power these towers, so... Right, that is where we're and, starting and it again. turned out the whole thing was a setup, as uh, Admiral Akbar would say, it's a trap! Um, they didn't really want Batman, they wanted, they wanted Superman. Superman, because he was the, the battery that they needed to... And to then, last we saw Batman, he was giving up. Um, he was in his own little dream world. And, and that's kind of where they... in the towel. That's kind of where they start <laughs> out here. Uh, he does, uh, even without the... Any, any hope and having given up, he's still able to uh, uh, fight against these um, kind of dark versions of Superman. Uh, there's, there's three of them there. Um, one of them is wearing kind of like the, the Lex Luthor armor. One's wearing the Batman armor from like uh, Dark Knight Returns, um, the, uh, the armor he wore to fight Superman. And then you've got... Um, just the electric, electric blue Superman, mm-hmm. um, who 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 doesn't even get a speaking part in this? I don't I don't think. No, he's so we don't we don't know what his story is. Exactly. Oh yeah, he has one line. You Does can't it? run. All roads lead to <laughs> darkness, of course. So uh, okay, so he gets one little bit in there, and we don't really get a backstory. But Bruce Wayne realizes right away that these uh, they're not here to to help him. Um, they're actually going to drag him off to. Uh, uh, to his death because he's no longer needed. Um, but he manages to uh, cause kind of a, a, a diversion long enough to free Superman and get out of there um, where they're, they're actually assisted in their escape. Using a gauntlet with every color of kryptonite, including periwinkle? Yes. Well, you know what? That's funny because I had just recently read something where it was talking about the different colors of the kryptonite having nothing to do with this, and I remember seeing periwinkle and thinking, boy, when have they used periwinkle? I'm, I'm sure they have. Somewhere, I'm sure, um, but I have. In 80 some years, they probably. But, uh, but yeah, they, uh, they escape off to uh, you know, the, the dream realm. Uh, where they, they get a little help from Daniel. Yep. Um, and uh, I guess if you haven't read Sandman comics in the past, you might go into this and think, you know, who's who's this Ooh. guy? And, <laughs> and anybody here Sandman? I'm not a big Sandman? fan. I've seen a few things, so I'm somewhat familiar, but not deeply. Based on the way he with. introduced himself, that's where I assumed he was from. And, and it's not mentioned in here, and I'm trying to remember because I never read much up on there, but wasn't somebody involved in there, and I'm thinking it might actually have been Daniel, wasn't he actually like Hawkman's son? 
Was that it, wasn't I there something in there? I, I did do some Wikipedia reading on this character, and yes, um, Daniel Hall was Hector, I think. Oh, so he would be Carter Hall's grandson. Carter Hall's grandson. Okay. Yes. Okay. That's that's yes. what it is. So Daniel actually, they don't mention it. He actually mentions that he has more like uh, in in this. Yep. Staking out this, yeah, then then they can imagine, and it's led more towards thinking that it has to do with uh, um, this library that that's in there and it's getting burned up, and the uh, all of this ceasing to exist. Uh, what's not mentioned is that he actually has, uh, you know, that that other stake in it where um, Hawkman, who's missing Carter Hall, uh, who who will pop up in the book. Only missing till the end of this. Yeah, the very end. It's the, the surprise ending, and we'll get to that. But that, yeah, it's actually his his grandfather. So there's that stake, which they don't even touch on in here. Um. So you've got him going through here, and you get a little bit of backstory on uh, Barbados and uh, um, the Monitor and the Anti Monitor, and, um, and how they were these. Uh, Cosmic or celestial beings from back at the dawn of time, and uh, Barbados was actually uh, this dragon who uh, um, I'm trying to think what his name was he, there in the, the World Forge. Served, served the forger at the World Forge hmm. to okay. destroy the planets or the worlds that did not need <laughs> snuff. Yeah. Right, the, the, the World Forge so. created these new universes, you know, they spawn ideas and whatever, and it was supposed to be this good, you know, universes. Uh, Barbados is the dragon, the, the destroyer. His job was to destroy the ones that shouldn't exist. Um, but all he knew was <laughs> destruction, and so he destroyed even his, his master and took over um, the World Forge, forging and allowing these... And thus uh, the dark universe came into being. Right. <laughs> um, so... So moving through, I guess uh, we get a couple other things going on. We find out that Thanagar, I don't know if this it was a thing. I think this is just mentioned for the first time in this book. Thanagar as far as I know. <laughs> is now currently like existing on multiple planes or multiple places, so it's kind of uh, um, undetectable. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure if it's explained elsewhere, but somehow Green Lantern, Mr. Terrific, and the Plastic... Egg, uh, <laughs> um, who is a uh, plastic man in egg form, uh, find it, and uh, that doesn't go so well for them. Because we meet another old friend here, the Starro, who has now transcended to Super Starro, <laughs> who's taken over things. Yeah, and, and he can now just just exist and still take over people's minds. He doesn't need to put those little tiny stars, stars on, their, on face. their faces and just look at them and um, super telepath. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so you've got that going, and then uh, Green Lantern and Mister Terrific, and you know those guys. They end up in prison. Uh, not, not really a lot happening with the Aquaman Deathstroke thing. You, you get to see him riding some giant uh, seahorses very briefly. But they don't really touch too much on what they're doing. They break into the tomb of Orion, who was the first king of 
Atlantis, and that's more or less it for them. Yeah, yeah, and, they, and it's like this, uh, they find this portal and they go in it, but you don't find out where it goes or what happens to them once they enter the portal. Um, but then uh, really what uh, what starts to go somewhere is uh, Wonder Woman's group. Wonder Woman and Dr. Fate um, and Kendra Saunders at the Rock of Eternity. Yeah, they go to the Rock of Eternity, and... Um, yeah, also, you know, it, it's kind of like another trap has yeah. is, is been set for them. Um, and I was, I was not sure what to make of it. I got the, uh, the impression from reading this, um, and I had seen something indicating that Kendra Saunders might turn on them, and I thought maybe she was in league with Barbados somehow. But I got the, more of the impression from this that she didn't necessarily have the, the control over it, that she wasn't, like, willing. Um, but she was kind of doing something. She had her own agenda. She's got the brain of, uh, was it the, the, the anti-monitor's uh, brain. And she thinks somehow she can use that to destroy the dark verse. Yeah. Um, but before she can do that, she is transformed into this other being, calling herself Lady Blackhawk. Um, who looks like what you would expect to come from the dark multiverse, some, some yeah. hawk woman, weird, uh, version of, uh, hawk, hawk woman calling herself Lady Blackhawk. And at the same time she transforms, we get another surprise as Dr. Fate is, uh, zapped, <laughs> disintegrated or whatever, seemingly killed off by Black Adam who uh, says that him and Vandal Savage, who's not in the book but is mentioned here, um, have made a deal with uh, Barbados. Who are all part of the Council of the Immortals, which right. includes Kendra as right. one of their agents. So um, so they they kind of made a deal and they were all in league so that, uh, uh, you know, they they felt that there was no way to, to beat him. Um, so they joined him, you know. Because that's the saying, right? If you can't beat them, <laughs> join them. them. <laughs> so, Naturally. Um, and that's that's more or less uh, where it uh, where it ends. Right before it goes back to Superman Batman. and Batman, um, we actually find the Forge of Worlds. Yes, and they're they're told, and this is kind of an important part of the story too. They're told by Daniel before they go in there that the only way to get there is to have hope. And Batman had lost his, so you see Superman, you know, trying him back up. Yeah, yeah, trying to <laughs> trying to remind uh, Bruce of hope, something that gives you hope. Where you know normally you've got Superman is uh, is the well, I, I guess in this case he is the source Super of hope. hope. Yep, you know, so he inspires hope in uh, in in Batman. Batman finds hope. That hope being. His sons, his, his family, Bat family, Bat family Damien and his sons, that he yeah. says he'll never lose hope in. Um, so with that uh, that newly uh, found hope, they enter and they find the Forge of Worlds. And unfortunately, too late. It's too late, and it's already <laughs> gone black. And they were told that if it has gone completely black, there is no hope. There's no winning. So. Uh, um, they get there and they find that it's too late, and they find Hawkman 
or a dark version. <laughs> or, uh, as he introduces himself, I am Carter Hall, dragon of Barbados, keeper of the Dark Forge. And there, and there are only endings here. And that is where we leave off. So, uh, so we find out what happened to Carter Hall. He's become, you know, with Barbados not being the, the dragon any longer and becoming the, actually the, the keeper of, uh, of the, the forge, um, I guess he needed a new dragon. So <laughs> everybody moves so, up one step. Yep. And so that is uh, Hawkman's new position. You did miss the one just vital factor that the Thangorians were trying to get. The plastic egg. Yes, 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 I did. <laughs> For whatever I did reason. Uh, yeah, and we don't know why, but... Because we don't even know why. We don't even know why the plastic egg, egg is here. Water, water. I, I just want to check those uh, plastic egg. I'm imagining it like those Easter eggs you can get to put candy in. Does he look like that? Pretty close, yeah. It's like three feet tall. Oh my goodness, thought that's of amazing. plastic man as being silly putty... This is like the egg. The silly the, uh, egg of comes in. plastic man. Yes. Um, That's awesome. <laughs> All right, right here. Here's a picture of the... <laughs> oh, he really does look like that. Yeah. Yes, he's an yep, he's egg. a silly putty egg. That's awesome. <laughs> and they haven't told us any reason why this... Egg exists. Yeah, at, at the very beginning of this whole he is thing. sensitive to the nth metal. Yeah, the, the, the plastic egg is sensitive to nth metal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all, all we really know is for some reason he was in like Batman's basement or something yeah. for when they first fought. Yeah. <laughs> no explanation uh, as of yet as to why he was there and why he's stuck in this egg. See, to me, that's the real mystery. Uh, we do know that he's going to come back <laughs> up because in the solicitations for the things that we're going to get. Um, Coming, actually, I think starting in January, we're getting some of these new metal-related uh, books, and we're going to have uh, Mr. Terrific with a new team, which includes Plastic Man. Man. Yes. Um, so we'll be seeing so that. So maybe the egg will hatch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but who's who's going to sit on it? I mean, Green Lantern <laughs> is going to tell uh, the Thanagarians that he laid the egg. <laughs> I also want to point out, it's a really cool cover with the kind of yeah, graphic metal elements on it. It looks nice. Yeah, and all the covers they've done are pretty. And the, and the artwork in this has been incredible overall. Nice. Um, yeah, actually, I think it flowed a little bit better now. Um, because we saw the, the first few, they were really kind of choppy. You know, because you've got different artists working on it. And they were, they were a little bit more choppy, you know, from, from one art style to the next. And... Here we are in number four, and I think that art really flows together um, quite a bit uh, better. The story still has got me somewhat confused. Um, I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, and, and if you're confused, imagine the rest of us, because you know this is one of those cases where we found that you really have to read these tie-ins to, to fully understand the story. Yeah. And I'm better off for doing that, and for some, you know some talks I had with Kurt about all this, but still the. The story just seems strange, and I, I, at least that's my opinion. I don't know. Other people, it's really popular, so somebody gets it more than me. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm still not sure what the lasting effects of this book are going to be, but um, you know, we'll assume that there's going to be some lasting effects, being that they're going to have new uh, new titles springing from this. But uh, what I've liked so far about this whole thing is how it's kind of tying all the various Hawkman stories together into bringing it into one 
cohesive unit, you know, over the generations he's been this and that and different things. It's kind of bringing them all together a little bit. Um, yeah, because it almost, uh, I, I don't know of anybody who liked the whole Hawk, Hawk God thing that they did around Zero Hour. Yeah. Um, but they're kind of, they're kind of coming back into that in, in this way because of, of, uh, just, just the involvement with these different tribes and everything going back, you know, as, as far in time as they are, you're kind of getting that Hawk God aspect to it all over again. Uh, so I don't know if that's going to end up being a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, I didn't read too much Hawkman stuff, but the stuff that I did read, I enjoyed, um, and so it'll be interesting to see what they do with them from, from here on out. Uh, if if there's going to be this new origin that they're going to stick to and if we're going to get Carter Hall back or, you know, what what we're going to do with with Hawkman and Hawkgirl or Hawkwoman uh, after Metal concludes. Well, we still get Hawkman Hawk found, found next one out. Yeah. Know. So. <laughs> He's... Found now, but in what form will he be found, be found in that it. book? Yeah, we don't found know. at the end of all the, when all has been said and done. Okay, so let's switch over to the uh, the non-spoiler discussions, and uh, we'll start off. Um, if Katie wants yeah. to uh, pick up here, uh, she's going to talk a little bit about Guardians of the Galaxy Grounded. Yeah, totally. So. Um... This week, I actually read uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Grounded, um, and it was kind of a weird week at work. Like, I knew going into it, it was going to be really long. We were getting ready uh, to launch a really big product, and it was a lot of testing, so it felt like a good week for the Guardians, because they're really funny and very off-the-cuff, and they managed to take these, you know, big, huge battles and problems and still make you kind of laugh at them, and... Um, so I actually read it as a digital comic because I pre-ordered some stuff on Amazon and they very kindly were like, hey, like for your pre-order, you get a free digital comic. I'm like, this is great. So uh, anyway, Guardians of the Galaxy Grounded uh, takes place after the events of Superhero Civil War 2. And I kind of like it because it's a really good way to uh, pick up these characters that have been in an ongoing series for a long time. And uh, like my only intro to them is from the movies, which I love. So I was really excited to try it. And what Grounded does is all the Guardians are now stuck on Earth. Uh, their ship has been destroyed. Um, they, uh, you know, there was some information withheld during various uh, battles and conflicts that has some of the Guardians pretty mad at each other. Um, so it gives us a story about each one of the Guardians. So there's a story about um, the Thing and then um, one about Groot, which is actually my favorite. It was, like, written in this really cute Dr. Seuss style with a lot of rhyming and stuff and really cute kind of cartoonish artwork. Um, another story about uh, Angela, who um, is a new character to me. She's not in the movies, obviously, so I was, you know, learning about her. And uh, we have a story with Gamora, and then another one uh, where it's kind of wrapping them all together, where uh, Gamora finds out that Thanos was on Earth, and then he's no longer on Earth because... Um, um, so Captain Marvel... Um, so I'm trying to get this together. But anyway, Captain Marvel and her people, because she's doing a lot of work with S.H.I.E.L.D. right now, ended up letting him go. And Thanos is now meeting with other kind of galactic superpowers because uh, they want to run things their way. But the Earth is getting in the way of that because there's all these superheroes and inhumans and mutants and people who just want to do the right thing there. And so Thanos is going to 
Uh, spearhead this attack on Earth because the galactic superpowers vote. We're, we're going to get rid of it. We're not going to conquer it. We're just going to destroy it. And Thanos is like, I hate those guys. Let me go in there first, right? And uh, the Guardians get wind that this is happening, and they, you know, stop Thanos' invasion, and they, you know, make up their differences and uh, end up becoming friends again and are ready to go on their next mission. And another cool thing about this series was it was wrapping up uh, Brian Bendis' job as writer. So that was kind of interesting for someone who was, you know, brand new to the Guardians comic books to see the end of it. And, um, yeah, I really liked it. It was fun. It was pretty episodic, so it wasn't like you had to have a whole lot of background on it. I think maybe the club talked about it over the summer, um, but I think it was our first time talking about it on the podcast. And... Um, you know, it was a lot of fun, and I've been reading the Guardians of the Galaxy Infinity Quest books, and so that led me right into that. And um, I'm having a good time with the Guardians, and I saw there's a couple different titles out there, so if anyone around the table, you know, I'd appreciate some <laughs> direction about which ones to pick, or maybe your favorite Guardian stories, but yeah. And uh, later we'll talk about Infinity Quest, so. Okay. Um, I'm sure Anthony reads a lot of that stuff, so he... You know, of course, isn't here, but uh, he would definitely be a good one to point you in the right direction. Nice. Where you'd want to go um, from here, or even if you go back a little bit further. Mm -hmm. And we will be talking about the Guardians of the Galaxy a little bit uh, later in this podcast as well. Um, so, um, Jim, you brought in uh, a, a classic to, to talk about. Nice. you got uh, Detective Comics 485. Yes, yeah, so when it looked like comic books might not be here on time, what we were talking about was, you know, I'll bring in something that's important to you. Well, yeah. um, never had a lot of books when I was a kid. I had maybe a couple dozen, but this is one that I've always remembered. And when I first came to the store here, it is the first thing that I've asked the guys to find for me, and they did. Oh, cool. This is from um, September 1979. Um, it is a detective comic. It was a dollar book at the time. And there are five stories in there. And they introduced me to some characters I had never heard of before at the time, um, including Raz al Ghul, Bronze Tiger, Sensei, Batwoman I had heard of but never seen, but there's a story. Of, she's also in that story. And it is also a story where... Batwoman dies, and this is not the Batwoman we have today. This is the original Batwoman. There's also a Batgirl story, a Robin story, a Man-Bat story, who was a new character to me at that time, and an Etrigan story, who was, this is my introduction to that character as well. And um, the main story, the Batman story, is Batman um, getting a message from um, Kathy Kane, Batwoman, who has since retired, he goes to meet her at her circus and is, runs into some members of the League of Assassins who are after her. And he ends up fighting Bronze Tiger and getting his butt kicked and she is killed by the Assassins. So he is, swears the Vengeance Vow, which is the title of the main story. And he goes after... Um, our Ra's al Ghul appears. He, Ra's al Ghul has manipulated this situation so he can resume control of the League of Assassins, which is now under the Sensei's control. So Batman, you know, goes through and find, fi fights Bronze Tiger, who Bronze Tiger is upsetting the Sensei because he will not kill 
And so, in the end, after their fights, somebody shoots Batman with a poison dart. He shuts all lights off, and when he comes back, Sensei and Bronze Tiger are gone, and he's got a new mission to find. And the Batgirl story is Batgirl when she is a senator, or a congressman, and living in Washington, D.C., <laughs> and something I never knew about her. <laughs> um, Robin, when he's often... I forget the name of the town, but he's in a college town, and he's investigating a body that goes missing from the morgue in a car accident. And so this is uh, Dick Grayson, original Dick Grayson, Robin. yes. In the college years, so just before he uh, takes on the uh, Nightwing identity. Yes, it must be still in the shorts, shorts. <laughs> <laughs> and the demon's last battle is the one with Etrigan. Where he's trying to put the the division, divided life between living the demon and living the human Jason blood behind him, and something happens where he has to save his friends and bring the demon back again. And Baron Time is trying to usurp the magic that binds them so he can free himself from a, his own curse. And and then the last story is. Um, Man-Bat. Um, Man-Bat is raising his little daughter and uh, is assaulted by his extreme noise that is, offends his bat hearing. And there's another guy who is trying to become a superhero on his own and he's developed this rocket suit that lets him fly and he calls himself the supersonic threat because of the high volume or the high decibel range it becomes a problem for Man-Bat who has to stop him and then Man's a reckless, reckless hero and couldn't do anything right anyway but it was just because it was such a such new characters it was a book I kept for many years and I don't remember exactly what happened to it but it was one I always remembered and was finally glad to get back again yeah sometimes it's nice to be able to rebuild stuff I know I've lost things over the years and you know I, I'd like to rebuild my my collection, part of it being donated to this the store, you know, when we when we opened up, and I think you know it'd be great to at some point rebuild some of that stuff. Um, but yeah, that sounds like a great issue. Uh, it's got a lot of different stories, and I don't know what they were doing at the time if they were doing a lot of backups at that time because it's it's changed. And of course, Detective Comics started out um, as a book that had multiple stories and it just so happened that the first one had Batman that really took off mm -hmm. and sort of took over the book and uh, the world of comics as a as a whole for a little bit there um, and by a little bit I mean decades <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah I mean it's great because that's got a lot of interesting characters um, some of the characters that you know, some people now would probably be not real familiar with. Uh, there's a new version of Kathy Kane, it's Kate Kane, uh, that has her own ongoing title, Batwoman. Batwoman. Um, but this is like the the original, or maybe not the golden age version. But even back then, they probably silver. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, seventy nine is probably like bronze or wherever the the. the Cutoffs are. Um, they brought her back later on um, after um, <coughs> the crises. Um, 
but she was no longer Batwoman when they did bring her back. So they removed her, her tenure as Batwoman ever happening, you know, but the character did, did exist later on as the headwoman or headmistress for Spiral. And uh, she does have some link to Kate Kane, or they are a mention of Aunt Kathy. Yeah, uh, yeah, that sounds right. And I, I don't know what they've done, um, because originally that Batwoman also had a Batgirl, not the same as the Batgirl everybody's familiar with, um, but she had her own sidekick that was a Batgirl that was her niece, um, which is probably Kate Kane's cousin now, um, because after they stopped using the Batwoman character and everything, she went on and she was uh, she was like a Titans, a Teen Titans character. Um, Flamebird? Is it Flamebird? Is that right? Yeah, that sounds right. So. Okay. Um, and I don't know that she's been used much in, in recent years, but they never really did a whole lot with her anyways. I think uh, in, in some ways she was a little bit of a comic relief type character. She uh, she wanted to be Nightwing's sidekick and uh, things like that. So they haven't really revamped that character, um, which is kind of surprising in some ways, but understandable in others. Not really. With the New 52 they refocused a lot of things, and so the focus became the new Batwoman. And so all those others may be in the background now, but since New 52 and Rebirth, really the central figure that the concept of Batwoman um, circles around is Kate Kane now. And so um, the others are, may be out there somewhere, but... Right, and they, they've had enough problems justifying the sidekicks that they do have, yeah. you know. Um, you know, when when comics were early and they had these sidekicks, nobody really thought too much about Batman having this young teenage boy. Uh, at first, they didn't think much of it. After a while, they started thinking quite a bit about it, which has actually led well, to the creation of Batwoman and the original Batgirl, who, who were thrown in just to let readers know that, no, Batman and Robin weren't a gay couple. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, and, and there's... Definitely a lot of other interesting DC characters in there, both in the main Batman story and uh, some of the uh, the other stories in the book. So, and good find, good pick. Yep. Um, moving on, I'm actually going to mention... Uh, I know, it's Superman. Superman! <laughs> <laughs> surprise, surprise! But, uh, <laughs> But, again, I have a reason for mentioning Superman here, other than just Superman. But, other than Superman, what other reason do you need? Um, but, yeah, I'm going to just briefly cover uh, Superman 37 and Super Sons number 11, because this is actually a crossover that they're doing uh, right now that's the Sons of Tomorrow storyline. And for people who were reading, like, Detective Comics and some of the stuff, and it ties in again to all, all the Mr. Oz stuff that we've been covering, uh, we were introduced, or reintroduced, to an alternate future version of Tim Drake, who had become the, the Batman of his time. And this crossover deals with him. He's back already, but this time, instead of wanting to kill... Um, Batwoman, he's he's actually after another character, uh, 
<laughs> and uh, because this is the spoiler-free one, I won't uh, I reveal, won't who, reveal who he's after. <laughs> um, but it kind of leads into um, the uh, the Titans. Uh, they're they they get involved in uh, in in the title and uh, or in the uh, in the book too. Uh, even though uh, it's this is going on between Superman and Super Sons comics, um, you've seen a little bit of the, the the Teen Titans, not the more adult version of the Titans, but the Teen Titans um, in Super Sons because, of course, uh, Damien uh, Robin is the leader of of the Teen Titans and uh, Superboy. Um, I think teamed up with them once, but for whatever reason, they didn't want him to be a member. So, uh, and he's like, he's still trying to become a member, but you know, I guess he can't, just, come he, up he with can't be part of the club. <laughs> um, but, uh, but this is a story that even though it's within Superman and Super Sons, um, it's got Batman, it's got Superman, it's got, uh, the Teen Titans, it's got, um, you know, the Super Sons, and it has um, not only uh, the Tim Drake, you know, the adult alternate future Batman Tim Drake back, but it also has uh, his his other um, friends from the that alternate That's future, future. Um, which includes uh, a, a grown-up future version of Connor Kent. Who is of course missing from the regular DC books? It also has Bart Allen, also missing from, from regular. Current. So, so this is kind of a big deal for some uh, DC readers who are, who are missing all this stuff. So, um, if you're a fan of those characters and what's going on, and uh, you're one of those people that want to see if they're going to bring Connor Kent back into it, and you know, and Bart Allen and stuff like that, uh, I would definitely recommend. Uh, picking up this crossover. Um, now we'll get over to uh, Kurt's dad. Mr. Miracle. Talk about what's going on over there <laughs> in the Mr. Miracle book. Um, the most recent issue of Mr. Miracle, I I think, is just really different and really unique. Um, I've been pushing Mr. Miracle the last few months anyway. Um, and uh, the book as a whole has been really good, but at this point, um, and I'm not going to give you all the details of how we got here because this is the no spoiler section. But um, uh, Mr. Miracle is pretty sure he's going to die in the next 24 hours. Wow. Um, and uh, so he's the the book opens with him and Barda going back and Scott and Barda going back and forth about um, Scott says, "Well, Barda, if you give me a reason, we can." fight against this, but Barta goes, no, you have to be the one who comes up with the, the reason that, um, that you want to live. And so the whole issue is really what they do in their last 24 hours. And it's very touching. It's very um, moving how they move through this 24 hours, um, both, you know, sharing their fears, sharing um, visions of reality, um, sharing their love with one another which leads to a very surprising ending. So I just found it a really interesting sort of shift in what's been going on in the Mr. Miracle storyline. Okay, so uh, I'm just curious, is this... Because I, I kind of know what the book was about initially when mm -hmm. it first came out. 
Um, have they tied that up and moved on to a different story? Or is this no? This is, is still this part is of the movement of the initial of okay. the initial book. Um, and most of the action, which is again not a big spoiler, but kind of gives you the background of all this, is that there's new hostilities that have arisen between New Genesis and Apocalypse, and so these things are the backdrop um, to what's going on in this. And Scott gets sucked into this new um, this new battle that's going on between the two, and that's what leads into the situation that's cutting into this and that part is also very surprising there's just all these sudden you know this book has been driven by these kind of sudden jumps <laughs> into things and <laughs> the other question that i would have is you bring up uh, new genesis and, and apocalypse you know are those things that are going on between them um and kind of this is a question towards dc's uh, you know mm -hmm. continuity wise um, are these the same type of things that are going on, like I had recently talked about in the Superman books, where there's Darkseid the is not is not there, which has really left this uh, this void. And and in part, these seem to be part of that whole movement that's going on because Darkseid's not in charge of Apocalypse anymore, and um, Highfather is not in charge of New Genesis anymore. Um, so we've had a total shift in what the leadership is. Um, another, but it's hard to parse because some strange things are also going on in the background with Scott Free. So okay, um, yeah, I was just curious as how it might relate to some of the other things that have gone on in the, the DC yeah. universe in regards to um, the the New Gods yeah. worlds. But um, it was just such a shift and such kind of. There was kind of a gentle writing to this that you don't often see in, in some of the superhero comics. And so I, I, I thought it was neat. Okay. And, and yeah, Mr. Miracle has been really up there and, um, you know, it's, it's been a popular read. A lot of people have been seeking it out. And um, so it's, it's doing really well, or at least it seems to be uh, so far. Um, shift gears a little bit back over to Katie. Um, you wanted to talk about Infinity Quest. Sure. Um, so back with the Guardians of the Galaxy, we have a new writer. Um, so the creative team is writing by Jerry Duggan. Artist is Marcus Toe and color artist is Ian Herring. And so the Guardians of the Galaxy Infinity Quest is, um, the Guardians are back in space and they have uh, joined up with the Nova Corps, and they're actually working undercover uh, with Nova Corps to uh, both uh, root out corruption, and then they have their own larger agenda, too, that they are uh, working with while they're within the Nova Corps. And uh, we're four issues in right now, so uh, 146 through 149, which I just picked up today. And um, so, not too spoilery, but right away uh, we jump in and... Um, find out that they are looking for Infinity Stones, as well as um, an old villain, Ultron, has come back, and he is scourging the galaxy, which the Guardians find out, and are, you know, now they're up against that, as well as looking for Infinity Stones, and trying to figure out where this corrupt element in the new Nova Corps is, um, because there's also a larger kind of evil fraternal order that um, wants to destroy the Nova Corps, so have a lot going on. Um, but it's been a lot of fun, definitely really fast-paced. Um, like I said, I'm new to uh, Guardians 
uh, comics, and a couple months ago we recommended it as a great jumping in point for readers. So I thought I'd give it a shot, and it's been a bunch of fun. So. Great, and uh, I guess talking about Guardians of the Galaxy also gets us to our next segment. And now, the news. Okay, so the news that we're going to discuss today, first of all, is uh, Marvel's cancellations. And, uh, yeah, Marvel has canceled uh, at least five titles. Um, there's some more that are kind of being questioned. Um, there's a bunch of stuff that's not in the solicitations for, for March, which has led to some speculation. Some of them, they're saying, no, it's not, and they will continue on. Um, Give us the list so we can... Yeah, you're Champions. Right. Champions is one book that they're saying, no, don't worry, it's going to continue. So um, there was some question as to whether Champions was going to end or not, and they're saying, no, Champions um, Champions going to keep going. Uh, the Mighty Captain Marvel was not in the solicitations, and so a lot of people were kind of like, oh, no, are, you know, are they canceling that? Um, and... The, the writer is assuring people that no, it's not. It just there won't be one for March, but we're not canceling it. Um, and I'm trying to think uh, which ones for sure were those five. Uh, one of them for sure is America. Um, Hawkeye is one of them. Uh, Generation X is one. Uh, I don't know. I already knew that this one was being canceled. Um, so I don't know if it's one of the five that were definite or if this is on its own, but Guardians of the Galaxy, which we just oh, talked about. Guardians oh, of the Galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> so now the, thing with, the thing with Guardians of the Galaxy is um, the Guardians will still be around. The Guardians are, are going to play a part in what's going on with the, the Infinity Stone whole storyline that's coming up. So... Um, it, it, it's possible that we'll see another Guardians book or something pick up after that goes. Um, but, but they're going to be involved in, uh, in that heavily. So I, I don't know what the future holds for them as far as having their, their own title. Um, but as right now, I think at, uh, I want to say 151 is the last one. Um, so for the time being, at least, Guardians of the Galaxy will be ending. Uh, Iceman is another one that's coming to a close. And then there's a couple, I think, that were uh, questioned as to whether they were actually ending or not, and among those were uh, Defenders. Ooh! <laughs> Luke Cage um, and Secret Warriors. Um, Secret Warriors, I kind of wonder if they're ending that because, you know, maybe we're going to see a new team of Secret Warriors that would go more in line with the upcoming Secret Warriors uh, TV thing. Um, but I don't know. But as of right now, it looks like it's canceled, and I'm not sure what what they're doing for sure on there. Um, 
there's there's been some some questions about it based on some of the books that they have in there. Some of the people were were saying like you know that it was. There's been a lot of talk recently in the last few months uh, about Marvel not liking diversity, um, and so with with some of these books like uh, America, um, well, really any of them, Hawkeye, where you've got the um, the younger and female uh, character, uh, Kate Bishop is Hawkeye, um, Generation X. I mean, that's mutants, so they're always different and diverse. Um, uh, same, I guess, with Guardians of the Galaxy, when you've got uh, talking trees and raccoons. <laughs> you know, you don't get much more diverse than that. And Iceman, you know, who has recently um, come out of the, the, the closet and is, is now known to be a, a gay character. So, you know, some of the people out there have, have wondered about that. Is this, like... You know, is Marvel now having this war against diversity, whereas they were being this really diverse uh, thing where you, you saw these other diverse characters. But some of the people within Marvel um, had blamed the diversity and blaming fans as not wanting the diversity, uh, where I think it's more of a case of the way that they did it. Um, some people felt that it was more shoved it down your throat or in your face than being more of a natural diversity. Um, but Marvel is saying, no, it had nothing to do with that. Um, I would assume that they're saying it's just the, the sales figures and, and everything else at this point, kind of like uh, what we just talked about last time with uh, IDW and their their newest G.I. Joe title that uh, got axed quickly. Um, so yeah, you know, we've got some some cancellations coming up, and it sounds like there could be more coming. Well, I think a couple of those titles, as I heard the list, are a little bit about the saturation of a particular area in the storyline too. You, we've talked about before how many X books do you got? Well, at some point you have to say there are too many X books, and we're going to have to take somebody out. So, <laughs> you know, Iceman and Generation X, of the two that they would take out, they seem to be, I would guess, probably the least sales in those two. I, you know, I don't really know very many people who are really into Generation X or Iceman as their central. <laughs> we, we've learned that our store sales don't always reflect national sales. Um, but even even here, I would say those particular titles are, you know, lower sellers here. Mm. Um, so how that reflects nationally, I don't know. I, I'm always a little bit more concerned with um, with locally what uh, what our customers are are into and what they're not into versus what uh, what the national numbers are looking like. Right. And again, you know, I, I don't know how America ties into. We have Captain America and, you know, this whole, there is kind of an area where all those seem to touch base, Captain America, Sam Wilson, Captain America. You've got America and, you know, that again, somewhere maybe you have to say, there's just too much saturation in this one narrow little. <laughs> so, yeah, again, some of those, um, some of those books um, we'll see, like Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, 
I, I don't know what it is with, with that, but being that... Yeah, that one seems strange. Being yeah. that the Guardians are being used elsewhere for the time being over, uh, I guess we'll say a Marvel non-event, uh, that, uh, that they've got going on that maybe there will be some sort of Guardians book uh, in the future after all of that ties up. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see. The other thing they may be struggling with is Guardians, it seems like recently they've really struggled with who's going to be the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. So you have this person subbed in, and then that person comes out, we put in another one. Maybe they're just kind of coming to a point where they say, well, let's stop it for a while and figure out who are the Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> um, otherwise, for news, uh, Jim... Um, you had something that you yeah. To I just in. recently read um, on Twitter about um, one of my current favorite titles. Um, a Critical Role has been named on Comicsology one of the best new books of the year. Cool. Um, out of four books, um, interestingly enough, th two of the others are ones we just talked about: um, Mr. Miracle, America, and then the third one would our fourth one would have been Exo Man of War. Are the four Best new series on Comixology for 2017. Nice. And Critical Role is currently only a digital, but in the next few months the trade will be coming, and I hope to get it here. Uh, and uh, it will be because we've already got uh, people asking <laughs> for it. What's that about? Critical Role is a um, web show where um, the cast gets together every week and plays Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, that one. Um, they recently finished a two, well, actually a five-year campaign, two and a half years of which were streamed on in the internet, and um, they will be in the next year starting a brand new campaign with new characters. Wow. But um, this series goes back before their game started and brought together how the characters met and got together as an adventuring party mm -hmm. in this world that the Dungeon Master created for them. Okay. So, um, yeah, I guess just to wrap things up, uh, I'll point out that uh, this has probably been the largest group that we've had in the, the club so far <laughs> um, since we started uh, um, for, for today. We, uh, we've been joined by a few people. Uh, young David uh, joined in. Um, the amazing Anthony is here. Uh, he he did join in here at the the, the tail end of it. We have uh, three um, unnamed listeners just joining us, uh, hanging out. So yeah, this is the the biggest group that we've had at the table uh, so far. And once again, um, you know, other people, uh, whether you're a customer or you're just a, a listener that's heard us and found out about us, you want to come check it out. Uh, you're always welcome. The real question is, did I miss the Silver Surfer portion of the... Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 you did. Whole meeting, until we did. Well, see you later. <laughs> right. I, I think we butchered it, too. Anthony's off. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't he canceled? <laughs> In October, yeah. Well, yeah, but he's also going to be joining the new Guardians of the Galaxy, so he's going to be coming back. Yeah. Oh, well. As soon as you're going. Anthony's back. back. <laughs> so... Uh, so for now and uh, till the end of time, I'm David. I'm Anthony. I'm Katie. I'm Jim. I'm Kurt's dad. Other David. And listeners who and are still si on And, and our mystery guests. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
To be continued. <laughs> Thanks for listening. The Crimson Cowl Comic Club is recorded live from Crimson Cowl Comics and Collectibles at 1749 Martin Avenue in West Bend, Wisconsin. For more information, visit us online at www.crimsoncowl.com.